Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to Jimmy Scott Fitness Podcast, a radio show coming to you on this Friday, October the 29th, 2021. Hopefully, it finds you staying safe and staying sweaty all at the same time. On today's episode, we are talking seven steps to get where you want, whether that be in your personal fitness, eating habits, uh, your finances, education, career, relationship. I think you can connect the dots on all of these depending on what arena you want to make improvements in. That's why I do honestly love fitness so much because it it mirrors life uh, in a lot of ways. Sports and fitness for me have been the base of everything I've ever done. And if I really think about it deep down, I kind of reverse engineer all the things I went through uh, in terms of, you know, competing, uh, being part of a team, practicing, you know, fighting through, uh, you know, when things are stacked against you, uh, learn a lot. And uh, I'm going to play off a piece that uh, Pat Rigsby had sent, man, this has to be at least three years ago, uh, give or take, but uh, definitely helped me uh, in business for sure. And then when I, you know, reread through them here, it, uh, it it's what I did for, for sport. It's what I did, you know, to build my physical body and, uh, and honestly build myself up from being a dead broke loser uh, to a guy who, you know, isn't a dead broke loser anymore. Uh, before I jump into the podcast today, one thing, I did actually have a guest scheduled today, um, a very talented uh, young lady. Uh, Ashley is her name, and being the, the, the pro that I am, 400 and almost 50 podcasts in, uh, we scheduled it, had set it up, and uh, she sends me an email, hey, I'm ready to jump on a, a Zoom call or on the phone here and record the podcast. And then it dawned on me that I didn't tell her that we record every single episode of the podcast here in-house with all of our guests. So needless to say, uh, I'm here solo today. Uh, The lesson for everybody listening, um, when you assume things, it makes an ass out of you and the other person, I believe. So Ashley, that was my mistake. She does listen to the podcast, and now she will be here, I believe, on November the 14th. We'll get it done uh, on a Sunday post-Metcon. So uh, I just share that because I fuck up a lot, you guys, on a lot of things. And I know from the outside, sometimes people see it, uh, that you know some people have all their stuff together and uh, that they don't make mistakes and they don't screw up and things don't go wrong. And all those people have done is, is really just they've learned how to hide it. Uh, a little bit better. But what I've learned is if you're willing to laugh at yourself and uh, and talk about your own uh, failures and fuck-ups, it, uh, it opens you up. Obviously, you, you know, you're being vulnerable when you do that, but it kind of bulletproofs you as well. Because if you're willing to, to laugh about it, really, it, it doesn't matter if the world does. So my mistake, and here I am today. So if you guys do things, when you send emails and set up appointments, just be very specific, because otherwise you can be in the boat that I'm in today. Uh, like an idiot rocking here. But before we dig into the seven steps, this podcast is brought to you by a handful of our sponsors, Athletic Greens. You guys already know I take it every single day. Uh, A lot of you take it as well with me because you're not going to eat 10 to 12 servings of fruits and vegetables. If you have never tried it, but you want to, you can hit us up and I'll have Monica send you a free sample right to your front door. I don't care where you live. We will get it to you. Uh, if you want to check it out and pick some up, right now we're giving away a year's supply of free vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first order. The site is athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott. 
and it is the best tasting greens on the planet by far. Uh, I drank a lot of horrible booze uh, in my younger days. In fact, I was thinking about this last night. I'm like, what's the worst vodka I've ever had? And for a second, I thought it was the like McCormick's. Is that right? Is it McCormick's? That big plastic jug. It's like drinking gasoline. But then I remembered I had this thing called Hawkeye Vodka as well uh, in beautiful Iowa there. And uh, that was pretty disgusting. And the reason I bring that up is because Athletic Greens taste a thousand times better than that, and it's good for you. It'll literally let you guys dump like the other 12 or 13 crappy pills you're taking. You can rip a sample pack, throw it in water, drink it, and you're good to go. So if you want a sample, hit us up. Otherwise, the site, athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott, gets you a year's supply of free vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first order. Also, shout out to my homies at Beam CBD. I take the Dream product almost every single night to go to sleep. If you guys want a free sample, you can hit us up. We'll send you that as well. There is no THC in it. Uh, it's not habit-forming, but they do have 20 milligrams of the nano CBD. There is melatonin up in there. Uh, I wake up feeling perfect, like like nothing happened at all, and I do find myself staying asleep. That's why I've been taking it for so long. If you guys want to check it out, the code's Jeremy Scott on the site. It's 20% of all products, 35% of all subscriptions, and it's beamtlc.com, or hit us up, and we'll get you guys a free sample. Our other sponsors, my man joeyshotsauce.com, code is Jeremy25 for 25% of all your hot sauce with no added sugars, no fake preservatives, basically no added bullshit, just the real deal hot coming at you. Put it on anything you like to spice up your life, literally. Also, my homies at JLab Pro, we get our protein from Jay, our turmeric, our collagen, and our krill oil. We always have a coupon for the protein and the collagen, and they run specials probably five or six times per year. The website is jeremyscottfitness.jlabpro.com, and we also do have a free supplement guide we can shoot out to you guys who want it. And last but not least, our friends at Kettle and Fire Bone Broth. Now that it's getting a little bit colder, even here in Arizona, yes, when it's, you know, 40 eight degrees here it is cold for us uh i am a fan of the bone broth i do think their bone broth is the best tasting that i've ever had but they do make soups chilies uh that kind of cover a wide array of you know warm things to eat in the winter time and they don't put any preservatives in there no antibiotics no hormones no artificial colors no extra sodium it's as real as it gets we're talking you know legit humanly raised grass-fed products no garbage in there at all if you guys want to check it out on the kettle and fire site the code is scott 20 for 20 percent off or just hit us up and we'll send you guys the link so as we jump in here to the seven steps to help you guys keep kicking ass quick reminder our five-week face melter challenge is kicking off here in 15 days in fact the program starts on november the 15th and we take you up basically all the way uh till past Christmas, I believe. So you're going to be maybe have like one week off before the new year. I uh, just let you guys kind of unwind. But we're basically bringing you into the new year, rolling on all cylinders. And the links in my Instagram bio right now, the site is jeremyscaffinis.com slash face dash melter dash challenge. That's a mouthful. But basically five weeks, you guys will be active every single day. Typically Monday through Friday, you guys are ripping it. And then on the weekends, just rolling with mobility. Obviously, if you guys want to throw in our Sunday Mets Metcons, you can do things like that as well. But uh, it's a fun program. Uh, I think we've only ran it once. I think we ran it last year. Was it last year? Maybe 
this is the third time we've ever run it, either just last year or the year before. But it's relatively new for us. We've only taken probably a couple hundred people through it. We are actually going to take a couple pieces of our 50-day end-of-the-year challenge and throw it in there as well to give you guys just a, an outline or a guide to follow to head into the new year not eating and drinking shit because a lot of people tend to do that. They kind of punt all that time from really Thanksgiving to, to New Year's. And that ends up being, you know, over a month of your life where you're just shoveling in booze and food and being way less active. And I'm not saying don't go enjoy your life. In the same note, if you're going to punt those five, six weeks, you're going to be waking up, you know, early January uh, hating yourself. And so we really do uh, coach picking your spots in this program and then obviously get you guys to be active, answer all your questions. And it's a, it's a good time. It actually helps me uh, make a lot better choices as well. So if you guys are interested, I'm happy to give you a little podcast discount code for the five-week face melter challenge. Again, the link's in my Instagram bio, and we're going to throw it on the newsletter a ton of times from probably the 8th all the way till, I believe, the 12th, which is when we'll close down the registration. So hit me up, and if you guys are not on the newsletter, message us, and we'll get you guys on there as well. Now, talking about seven steps to help you guys get where you want to go. Nothing crazy. Uh, all things people probably should know or they do know, but yet they don't put them into play. And like a lot of things in fitness specifically, and honestly most things in life, a lot of people know what to do. Maybe not exactly, and they don't have a perfect outline or, or a perfect plan if that even does exist. But it's the application they tend to struggle with more often than not. And again, I always use the example, we know we shouldn't drink that much booze. We know we shouldn't eat garbage. But yet people still continue to do it day after day after day. Even though they're overweight, they don't feel good, they're not healthy, they're getting crappy sleep, yet they still keep doing the same habits and same routines thinking something will change or waiting till Monday because Monday is magical. I'm kidding. Or wait till January 1st because it's magical. I'm kidding. The point is they keep it rolling over and over and over again. And they know what to do, but it's the application. You're not just changing this basic skill. You're trying to change a lifestyle habit. Now, that's the hard part. And that's what I want to dig into here as we kind of roll through. So the seven steps to get where you want to go. Number one, you need to set goals that stretch you but are also attainable. Now, that's the key. Set a goal that's going to stretch you, but that's also attainable. If it's not realistic, you're not going to be motivated. But if it doesn't challenge us, like we're not going to be inspired by it either. Now, think about that for a second. When you set your goals, obviously, if you're listening to me and you're a 30, you know, six-year-old guy and you're like, you know what? I see Aaron Rodgers in the NFL. I see Tom Brady in the NFL. I'm going to play quarterback for my hometown team. I'm not trying to be a dream killer, and I'm not telling you not to, to go for your dreams, my man, but it's just not going to happen. It just isn't. You know what I'm saying? Like, like there's there's dreams, and then there's fantasy, um, and those are not the same. So when you set a goal, it has to be at least somewhat realistic, or you're not going to be motivated. 
And if it doesn't challenge you, you won't be inspired to keep working towards it. Now, this can be anything. So if you're a person listening to me and you're like, well, my goal is to pay off my house early, that can be done. Now, if you're listening and let's say you have a 30-year mortgage, right, and you want to pay your house off early and you're five years in and you owe $488,000 and maybe you make $150 a year and you're saying, well, you know, I want to pay my house off in two years. Well, you only make $150 a year and you owe $480. So that's probably not realistic. But if you said, hey, I make $150K. I am five years into a 30-year mortgage. I want to pay my mortgage off 10 years early because you're jacked to do that. So now you have 15 years to do that. That's realistic for sure. And maybe that motivates you. Maybe that inspires you. Or if you're listening and you're like, well, I have 100 pounds to lose. And I want to do it by January 1st. Well, if I'm doing the math right, you have about, I don't know, 70 days, give or take. That's more than one pound every single day. That's not really realistic. But if you said, hey, a year from now, I want to lose 100 pounds. Now, that's something that probably inspires you. That's something that probably motivates you. And if you wanted to chunk it down, you can make it even smaller. Say, hey, I'm going to lose a half a pound to a pound a week and just see how things go. Now, those are goals that are going to stretch you. And they're also attainable. So when you're setting out to do things... I'm a huge fan of, of timelines. My wife and I have done this forever. I've done it my entire life. Uh, and then when she meets me, um, and she's amazing too, because she listens to my you know, craziness and my nonsense, I'm a process person. So when we set goals here, I'm not just concerned about the end game. I'm concerned about the process of how to get there. That's what I really do like. I enjoy creating things. In some sense, I enjoy building things in some sense that motivates me. It's the daily hustle of it that I get excited about. And because when you look at something like just from the abstract, like just from far away, I want to lose 100 pounds. That's super daunting. I want to become a doctor. Well, when you're 16 years old, that's super daunting. I want to, you know, buy a million dollar house. That's super daunting if you only make you know $50,000 a year. But if you look at these daily processes to get there, that helps it become more realistic, more attainable, and that's going to challenge you. It's still going to stretch you. I go, but it, the carrot is at least within reach in some sense. So when we started to do things, it's, okay, if I want to save $100,000 in a year, well, you start to do the math and break it down. Well, okay, well, I would need to save $8,333.33 a month every month for 12 months to get to my $100,000. Or, again, if it's the weight loss example, I need to lose 30 pounds. I'm like, well, if you can do half a pound to a pound a week over 30 weeks, boom, you're set. So if you guys are looking to do something drastic, looking to do something crazy, maybe change careers, Maybe you have to have a dollar amount set in your savings to allow you to do that. Maybe you have to apply to so many places. Maybe you have to learn a certain specific set of skills. Whatever it is, make sure the goal is stretching you, but it's also attainable. Because if it's unrealistic, you're going to quit. You're going to give up. You're going to look at it like it's Mount Everest and you can never climb it. And I don't want people to do that. And I'm not going to name names here, but there's a lot of people in my life that I'll talk to and they'll say something and I'll explain like the process, right? And what it's going to take. 
And then it's like, well, that's just dumb. I might as well not even try. And that's what I'm talking about. And I know that sounds like abstract when I'm saying it, but a lot of people do that. When they look at something and it seems so insurmountable, like, oh my God, that just seems like it would take forever. It demotivates most people. But if you break it down into bite-sizable chunks, then it becomes a little bit more realistic, at least in my experience. Number two, you need specifics, like we all do, me specifically. Now, if you are running a business or your personal income, and you might, again, if you're a person who wants to upgrade their car, you want to upgrade your house, you want to take uh, one of your bucket list trips, or you want to retire early, all of these things obviously require a certain amount of money. And so if that was your goal, I want to travel the world, I want to retire early, I want to, you know, buy a new fancier house, buy a new fancier car, saying things like, I want more money, or I need to make more money is really vague. It's like when people say, well, I just want to be in better shape. Well, what does that mean? Just, just better shape. I want to be stronger. I understand that. But what do you mean stronger? Like, I want to be faster. I want to be more mobile. What, what specifically do you mean? Like hamstrings? Like open up your hips? Like your T-spine is tight? That's what I'm saying when I mean specific goals. So if you start to say, you know, I want to do all these things that require dollars, and by phrasing it saying, I just need to make more money, or I need to have more money, it's it's pretty broad, right? But saying, I want to go from $7,500 in a month to $20,000, that's more specific. So if you're like, well, my job pays me $80,000 a year, but to get all the things that I want, I need to make $120,000 a year. Now we're getting specific or saying, hey, I want to be in better shape. That's a term or I want to lose 40 pounds or I want to go from a size, you know, 16 to a size eight. I'm just making shit up now. Um, or, you know, I want to have better mobility well, for what? What reason? Obviously to move better, probably through life and through space to chase your kids to not be in a wheelchair. I understand all those things, but I want to be more mobile. I don't want my hamstrings to be so tight. So I need to have a prescription to open up my hamstrings. You know, I, I, I want my low back pain to go away and it's probably tied to my tight glutes. So I need to do, you know, these specific, you know, pigeon stretches. I need to foam roll my glutes. I need not just to stretch the tissue, but I also need to mobilize it. And now you start to have specific things you're going to work on, which allows you to make the process to get there that much more refined. And that's what I mean. When you start to really break down the goal specifically, then you can build a process to get to that goal. So for me, if mine was, well, I want to be stronger. Well, Jeremy, what do you mean? I want my deadlift to go up by 50 pounds. Okay, now we're talking. Now I can work on specific posterior chain movements, exercises and drills to increase that load over time, if that's what the goal was. Everything in your life works the same way. You just have to really drill down on it. So if it's money, it's, it's pretty hard sets, black and white. There's numbers. There's P and there's L. There's money in, there's money out. If it's these other goals, you just have to really understand, hey, what do I want to do? And then how do I get there? Which brings me to the third thing. We need deadlines. All of us do. 
the same kind of premise. If we want to sprint, we need a finish line to avoid, obviously, pacing ourselves out over time. You want to create a sense of urgency. And when you set the goals, again, bringing back to point number one, they have to be obviously attainable or close to attainable. And they have to be specific, but they have to have an end date. Now, even if you don't make it by the end date, which is totally okay, I can promise you by doing these first three steps, you are so much further along than if you just said something like, well, I want to be more fit. I want to, you know, be wealthier. Arbitrary things. There's no juice behind it. It's not going to pull you out of bed. And that's what I think deadlines tend to do. I don't want you to, you know, have anxiety uh, and be anxious and and feel like you're quote unquote falling behind in life. Because a lot of people say that shit who are my age now, which is really crazy. They'll say things like, well, I always thought I would be married by now. I always thought I would, you know, I'm behind. You know, I always thought I would have kids by now. I'm behind. I always thought I would have this career by now. Um, I'm behind. I'm like, behind what? Like, whose plan? Like, this made-up plan in your brain or what society kind of spoon-fed you or maybe your mom and dad told you? Like, there is no, this is off topic, but there is no wrong way to do this life. If you're happy and you enjoy the process of what you're doing, you have good friends, good family around, you're healthy, uh, you you like most days, you're, you're doing good. You're not behind anything. And it's okay. It doesn't matter if your friend got married at 22 and you didn't get married till 42. Totally cool, dude. Um, I'd, I'd much rather have you marry somebody who's like on your team and like, you know, one of the real ones at 42 than marry some, you know, butthead at 22 who you thought was the right person that turned into be an idiot. You know what I'm saying? Like there, we, we are all on different timelines. None of us are competing with these things and the things that the generations before did doesn't doesn't map to us and the, the things that the kids are doing nowadays doesn't map to me like we are all in our own little kind of generation and our own little cycle but each one of us individually inside there is not meant to do what every other individual is meant to do that's just off topic because i hear people say it all the time and i'm like just relax dude god willing we figured out a lot of things 100 years ago You'd be in, you'd been dead by now probably, and now you're gonna live to like 80, 90 or whatever. So you got a whole, you know, another lifetime or two to quote unquote figure it out. So, and I bring that up because when we set deadlines, I know a lot of people feel anxious, like oh I'm not gonna make it, I'm failing. The deadline is only there, and I'm I'm a huge fan of these, I am, but it's just there to create a sense of urgency while also being laced with patience. And if you're trying to change your physical body, fat loss is much faster than building muscle. It's just a reality. If someone comes in here and says, hey, you know, I want to get lean or ripped or shredded, that is a much easier process for me to prescribe and coach and talk through than the person who wants to build muscle because that's, that's a longer process. It takes forever. And you have to think of it this way. Um, if you came in here and you're like, I want to lose an inch you know, off my ass or off my legs or off my arms. That's going to go a lot quicker than the guy that comes in or female that says, I want to, I want my bicep to grow one inch. Like, do you know how much painstaking work and weight you have to gain to get an inch on biceps for growth? So that's what I mean. Like there's certain things 
And even if you come in and you set the goals and they don't happen in an instant, it's okay. You're still going to be further along. And I mean this with having a sense of urgency laced with patience. So when you come in and say, I want to build my biceps, I want to lose fat. You have an urgency to do it and you're a daily urgency to do it. What I mean by that is to put in the work, do the workouts, get sleep, eat right. But you have patience to understand that you're going to have to stack up a lot of urgent days and be patient for the results on the back end. It's the way, and I always use this example, maybe because it's the the one that sticks out the most to me in recent years, because I've been working out for so long. Um, when we did obviously pay our house off, there was a sense of urgency for me there. We, I had set a goal. I'm like, we're going to do it in 24 months. And I had this urgency, you know, every day. And I'm sure my wife wanted to, you know, choke me out of like, okay, I'm on top of all the numbers. I know what's coming in. I know what's going out. And I have these 24 months now. Now, we ended up doing it faster because a couple of things went right with business and I got obsessed with it. And it was just something I wanted to do um, by a certain date for me. It, it didn't mean anything to anybody else but me. I had a specific date and goal in my head for me personally. That was even outside of the goal Heather and I set together. But if I had went through that whole 24 months and I got to the end of it and I was still, let's say, $20,000 short of the goal, I would not view that as a failure. Not at all. I'd have been like, man, I tried super hard. I wouldn't have sat there and been like, oh, Jeremy, you're such a fucking loser. What an idiot you are. This didn't work out. You're completely screwed. I'd be like, no. Instead of owing hundreds of thousands of dollars on your home, you owe $20,000. It would have been a win for me either way. And even though that end goal maybe would have been short, it's the process I went through that I learned so much about myself, how focused I could be, how diligent I could be how responsible I could be, how on top of things I could be, how I could multitask certain things to get where I wanted to go. And you learn something about yourself when you're willing to sacrifice, delay gratification and put in the work. The deadline is there, but it doesn't mean like, you know, if you don't reach it, you're a complete loser. It's going to be a carrot for you to chase. And I promise you guys more often than not, you're going to reach it before the deadline with a lot of things. And then there's going to be a small percentage of time where you don't reach your goals and the deadline passes, but it's okay because everything you have put together, all the systems, all the habits, all the processes to get to that deadline time is what you really learn. And that's a transformation, my friends. That's why I think anybody who is listening to this and you've paid off your uh, student loans, you've you know put your kids through college, you've lost a hundred pounds, even if you've gained some of it back, there was a process you went through there um, that changed you and transformed you, you know, physically, you know, mentally, emotionally, uh, for sure. And even if you slid back a little bit, that's still inside you. And you can still dig in there again, because you know, it's there. It's like, when you swim, I can give every analogy in the world, like when you swim out in the ocean pretty far, and maybe it's your first time and you never know what you're capable of. And then you can swim back. The next time you're out there, you know. You know you have the capability to dig in. It's the same thing if you've ever been in a fight, if you've ever played sports, shit. If you've ever ridden the assault bike, you know, how deep of water can you, can you take yourself into without drowning? And that's really what you do when you set these really challenging goals in your life with some deadlines. And even if you don't get there, you still crushed it. Like, 
the last example I'll give you is if, let's say I wanted to try to, you know, knock Ben off the assault bike record board today. By the way, we have the real assault bikes here. Um, and if you guys ever want to try it, see what you can get in a minute. But uh, Ben's record here in our facility is 75 assault bike calories in one minute, which is lunacy. It's like pure insanity that a human uh, can do that. I've seen two people do more uh, in my whole life, and I've seen probably 500 legit people ride that thing. And I think mine right now is 66.4 calories uh, in a minute. Now, let's say today I wanted to get up on there, and I'm going to beat Ben. I'm going to smoke him out. And uh, I get on the salt bike, and I'm riding it, and I'm riding it, and then the timer clicks, and I die, and it's at 70 cows. I don't view that as a failure. I learned something about myself there where I just went further than I ever thought I could possibly go. Now, it might not be as good as what he could do, but he's also 6'9", 300 pounds, and there's something wrong with his brain. But I just improved my personal best, and I pushed myself further than I thought was possible. And so even though I, quote, unquote, didn't hit the deadline or I failed, I learned something about myself, and I went deeper and farther than I ever thought possible. It's the same thing for you guys. So set the deadlines. Have a sense of urgency. Sprint to the deadline. Be patient while you're doing it. I know that sounds counterintuitive, but just don't beat yourself up if you don't get there right, quote unquote, on time. Because I promise you, you're going to be so much further along just because you put these first three pieces into play. Number four. And this one might be the most important and I don't want to get too crazy here off topic on this one but this is something that is very prevalent uh, in my life today with a lot of people that are around me and number four is we need to actually want the things we're going after I'll repeat that just so you can hear it we need to actually want the things that we are going after and I know that just seems dumb when you listen to it and it seems really simple, but you'd be amazed at how many people set goals just because somebody told them that should be one of their goals, or that's what they think they should do, or that's what their friends are doing, that's what their parents are doing, that's what people in their class are doing, people in their age bracket are doing, people in their community, uh, people in their mom's group. Uh, I can go down the list here. So when you're setting these goals and you're trying to achieve something that's not easy to do, make sure you're doing it for the right reasons and make sure you're doing it for yourself and that you actually want the things you're going after. And these goals, these achievements, these accomplishments are actually going to be a blessing in your life and not an anchor and not a curse, and they're going to actually make the quality of your life better, and not the quality of your life worse. And I can give a handful of specific examples here, uh, if you like. If we're talking fitness, you know we're not all the same, right? And I don't think the fitness goals are as, what's the word, is comparison-y a word? I don't know, I'm just making up shit. But in fitness, there's some people here that do Ironman. So my man, Jeremy Williams, uh, he's an Ironman. He's done a couple of them. Our buddy Adam Mims uh, does Ironmans. He just did one recently. And I think it's super cool. Um, I have so much respect for those guys. 
I'm not going to say I'll never do one, but I'd have to lose a good chunk of weight. And man, it would challenge me uh, mentally. And I think because of how I'm wired personally to be, you know, good in terms of like good for me, not like our buddy Brian Sams, like he actually qualified for Kona. Like he's legit, like he's the real, as real deal as it gets. And he's as tall as me anyway, he's about 160 pounds. So about 50 pounds heavier. So we're not really built the same. Now he's shredded, don't get me wrong, but I got a lot more body uh, to swim and to bike and run. And when I see the guys here, um, like Jeremy, like Jeremy Williams and Adam, uh, to try to, to dedicate that much time to it and be at least decent, right? Like I don't want to finish in 20 hours and have them like drag me off the course because I'm so slow. I'd want to at least, you know, be somewhere uh, not at the very, very end of the pack. Like, hey, I'm a person who's actually in some kind of Ironman fitness. It would take so much away from my life. It would take away energy from me, obviously, doing a podcast as frequently as we do, uh, writing as much content, filming as many things, coaching people in person, because I'd have to dedicate so much time to training and sleep and recovery and eating, even more so than I do now. So I do think it's super cool and I respect it, but I think it would take away from my life more than it would give me. Hopefully that makes sense what I'm saying. And that goes for a lot of people out there in a lot of areas where you might be picking up your kids and like, you know, at school in the mom's group and every mom's got the brand new uh, Escalade. Every other mom's got the brand new Suburban and you're just pulling up like in your normal Camry and, you know, you start playing the comparison game and then you set a goal with your husband like we need a we need a suburban like we need a tahoe we need a escalade because all the moms in the mom group have one but i need one too but if it's not really what you want to do and you are totally okay with your car and what you were doing until you saw everybody else's that's not something that you should go after because i don't think it's going to change anything it goes the same thing for houses if you see your friends move into a, a big fancy neighborhood and buy a big fancy house and that's not exactly what you want to do or you think it is now because they did it and then it's putting this pressure on you to change careers or sacrifice all your travel or time with family to earn more money to buy that house or leverage yourself you know to the tilt just to get into it and now you're house poor if that's not really what you want to do and you value maybe travel more or experiences more or you don't like the stress of having bigger payments, you just have to understand if the goal is really something you want to do or is it influenced by people around you or your parents or just people in your ecosystem. And I'll say it again, you'd be amazed at how many people you know set goals, um, whether it's education-wise, finance-wise, uh, relationship-wise, even fitness-wise, just because somebody told them that should be their goal and that's what they should do. But if it's not really what you want to do and it doesn't make your life better and it causes you more stress and more pain and it costs you, and I don't mean in terms of monetary dollars here, I mean costs you more than it gives you, it's not the right goal for you. So just make sure you actually want the things you're going after. There's another podcast we did. I think it's the cost of getting lean. And I've said this multiple times for you guys who have listened to me forever. Is the juice worth the squeeze? Is what it comes down to. 
I could have phrased it that way. Is the juice worth the squeeze? Now, obviously, that's different than make sure it's something you actually want. A lot of people want to drive a Ferrari, but the juice isn't worth the squeeze for them. A lot of people want to live in a $5 million house, but they don't want the stress that comes with that. A lot of people want to have shredded abs. A lot of people want to be ripped like Rambo, look like Brad Pitt from Troy, but they don't want to sacrifice and give up everything they have to give up just to have abs sit under their shirt as they sit at their job at Enterprise Rent-A-Car. You know what I'm saying? Like, for, I guess if it's so hard and you have to give up so much just to get it, is the juice worth the squeeze for you? And is that something you really want? And when I think of goals just like these, I don't just think of what I'm getting. I think of everything that goes into it. And maybe it's because I've never been naturally really good at anything. And I've had to, you know, work my fucking face off at everything I've ever done just to be where I am today. So when I see things, material things, when I have conversations about different business entities, the first thing I think after the initial, hey, Jeremy, would you want to live in this kind of house? Would you want to open up this kind of secondary business? Would you want to be part of, you know, this group we're having? The next thing my brain clicks immediately is, well, how much work is it? What's going to be required of me? What's it going to cost me? What am I going to have to give up? How much work am I going to have to put in? That's what I think about everything because I never, I never been given anything. No one just gave me, you know, a Mercedes. Uh, mom and dad didn't just buy me a house. Uh, I didn't just wake up looking like this. Uh, I sure as hell didn't start out talking like this. Um, so everything requires a ton of work. I mean, it really does. You're going to have to sacrifice and push and give more than you ever thought possible when you are trying to really move your life forward and change your station and do things that the average person won't do. So the takeaway is just make sure it's actually things that you want. And you're not doing it for your wife or your husband or anybody else. You're doing it for you or you're doing it for each other because it's what you both want deep down. And what you both want for you, not for anybody else. Number five, we need accountability. This is key. Uh, this is all the programs that we run here on a side note, have accountability behind them. Um, I'm, I'm always checking in with people. I'll always talk with them. Uh, you can always message me. Obviously, most of you guys know if you message us on Instagram, most of the time that's me messaging you back. Uh, Facebook and the contact page may be different. Monica will email a lot. Sometimes Heather will uh, play her part, but most of the time, that is me directly. I'm a huge fan of, of, you know, trying not to let questions go unanswered. Now, there sometimes becomes way too many at a certain point, and I get behind, but I try to always do that. And with all of our coaching groups, with the five-week face melter we have coming up, with our 47-day, there's a level of accountability there. Um, with our individual one-on-one coaching, 100%. We check in with people on what they're eating, how they're training. They can always reach out. So we all need accountability in life. We really do. We always do better with it. Always. And we all know that. To a person, we all know that. From having a training partner to using a coach or being part of a peer group, an inner circle, a mastermind group, a community like Jeremy's Got Fitness here or wherever you are locally, it just helps. 
it pushes you, you'll do better, you'll do more, and you'll definitely push yourself beyond what you would do solo, even for me. Now, about f- most of the days of the week, almost every day, I train by myself. I really do. I like it. Uh, I enjoy it. I can do it on my own time, which is the biggest thing because my days kind of get hectic, so it's easier for me. So I'm not holding anybody else hostage to my schedule, which would be completely insane. But on Sunday, when we come in here at 8 o'clock in the morning, uh, every Sunday that I'm in town and my body's working properly, which is pretty much all of them, knock on wood, we do these terrible Sunday Advanced Metcons with our group in-house here. Now, they're different than the ones we obviously share on Instagram because we have access to different tools here, and our facility um, on Sunday mornings is, is pretty dead. So we can do a ton of stuff outside. Uh, we can run. We can do carries. Uh, it's just it's disgusting. But there's accountability there in that group because there might be days where maybe I'd want to stay up super late on a Saturday night. And I don't know, maybe sleep in on a Sunday, but nope, I'm here because I know these guys are going to be here. There's accountability in me just showing up and setting everything up, having the workout programmed, and then obviously rocking it with these guys. Also, we do a lot of things here for time. So I know like last Sunday, it was the last sequence we did. It was what was road 2K, ski 2K, run two suicides and then something else too we did something that was awful i can't remember but i remember the the last thing i did oh 100 100 cows new assault bike 100 assault bike cows ski 2k road 2k and then two suicides outside which is like i think like over a mile was the total running and you had to do that all that in 40 minutes or less but we scored each individual uh workout section and i remember looking at the ski time because the last thing I did and Jeff's was 750 and I'm like okay I'm completely dead I can't breathe my arms are smoked and I'm like you know what as long as I beat that like I'm gonna win the day and so I get on there crush it and just pacing 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 748 boom so I knock him down take the top spot and I'm good now if he's not there that day and I don't see that I might do the same workout, but I would ski maybe just eight minutes because eight, a two minute split for me is super easy. Even if I'm tired, I can gut that out and it's not going to kill me. But going 12 seconds faster, as dumb as that sounds, it took like every ounce of my energy, like in that moment, just to push forward. There's accountability there. If I'm riding the assault bike and I'm just like kind of cruising and then obviously I see like, let's say Chris gets on next to me and Chris sounds like, you know, it's like a fucking wind tunnel. It sounds like he's going to break the bike. I'm like, okay, well, he's moving. He's probably at, you know, 800 watts. I better pick it up a little bit. There's accountability there in that training. That works for everything. In fitness, in your finances, in your career, in your relationship. Obviously, your husband or wife, hopefully they're your teammate. They can hold you accountable. Maybe it's your parents. Maybe it's your friends in these little groups. But we all do better with it. All of us do better with a goal with accountability, and with a coach. I'll say that again. All of us become successful when we have a goal that is set, when we have somebody coaching us, and accountability behind it. And that coaching doesn't have to be like a quote-unquote coach like me, for example. It could be one of your friends. And maybe you kind of, you know, coach each other in sync. But that's what like a mastermind group is. That's what a peer group is. That's what an inner circle group is. And I'm a huge fan of those things. I've been part of many of them for a long period of time. And what you'll notice is 
the people that are the most successful, they tend to create their own inner circles. And as you get older, you kind of weed out people who aren't on the same level. And I'm not saying you can't bring people in and, and build them up, but you have a different level of peers that you associate with. And like, if I was to say who's on my little fitness, you know, peer kind of inner circle group, I was texting with BJ Gadur today. I was texting with David Jack today. Uh, Alexia was on a message with BJ and I today myself. I messaged Hannah Eden uh, a ton. Ben Novak is obviously in my circle. Like that's a tight little group just right there that I communicate with and associate with and on a multitude of things. And they hold me accountable for sure because I see what they do. They see what I do. And we just kind of all make each other better. You need the same thing. Number six, you got to break it all down. And I've talked about this already in this episode, so I'm not going to go super crazy on this one, but you have to break this down into bite-sizable chunks. I've said this phrase before, how do you eat an elephant? Just one bite at a time, dude. Like one bite at a time. That's it. When you look at things from far away, it almost always seems impossible. It, it really does. Because being overwhelmed, it crushes people. Uh, it buries them and it kills progress. We do better when we have goals that are broken down into small targets. We call it you know, kind of that big rocks, little rocks. Now we usually use that example in terms of getting things done for the day. And we'll say, you got to get the big rocks done first because they're the most important. And then you can move on to the little rocks. Or when you look at like Dave Ramsey, for an example, and some people are fans of him, some people are not. I do, I do like a lot of the principles he uses. I don't agree with everything like most people. And a lot of you listening don't agree with everything I say, and you don't need to. Um, but I do like the overall message that he has for a good number of people. Now, obviously, it's not for everybody, but it's for a, a large chunk of humans. Obviously, it's one of the most popular radio shows of all time. I think it's like either number one or two uh, in America. And what they do in terms of debt, they have a debt snowball, and they have you break it down. Uh, debts, so student loans, credit card payments, uh, your house bills, your mortgage, all these things. And they break down all your debts from smallest to largest. And they have this thing called the debt snowball, where they have you pay off the smallest debts first, regardless of, you know, probably the interest rate. And for a lot of people, that sounds counterintuitive. They say, well, Jeremy, if I have a loan for, you know, 7%, but I have another one at 25%, wouldn't I pay off the 25% first? Obviously, there's going to be outliers and there's certain numbers where, you know, it, it makes different sense to go different ways, but they do the debt snowball because what they found is when you pay off these small debts first that are quicker, you owe 200 bucks here, 600 bucks here, 900 bucks here, and the next one is $6,000. Paying off these small ones, it just a, eliminates more of your total debt, but it builds momentum. And that's the key. It's not about the money always. It's not always about, you know, these huge strides. It's the momentum that you're taking every single day. And when you can build momentum and you can see little wins stacked up, that tends to motivate you. Where when people look at it from the outside and it seems so insurmountable, that is demotivating because they feel like they'll never make it there. It's like the difference between running on a treadmill and running outside. If you're trying to run a hundred miles, either outside or on a treadmill. They're both going to be a hundred miles. 
But for most people, it's easier to do it outside than inside on a treadmill that's not taking you anywhere. If you were to do a legit, you know, run a marathon today, let's say, or 100 miles, whatever example you want to use, would you rather run it on a treadmill where you're staring at the same thing and you're not really physically moving anywhere in terms of distance on the earth? Or would you rather be outside running somewhere where you can actually see it kind of count down? Personally, for me, I like to see it count down. That's me breaking down the process. I can see how much progress I've made so far. That's key for everybody. You have to break it down. You can't just say, I'm going to pay off $100,000 of credit card debt. You have to break down the process. You set the deadline. You make it specific. And then you figure out how much you're going to pay off each week or each month or you know quarterly, whatever standard of measure you want to use. But that has to be there. Heather and I just talked about this the other day. We have a different financial goal that she's excited about. And so I'm like, I don't care about all these other things you're saying. I just need to know what the deadline is and let me figure out how I can get there in terms of if, if the goal is a year from, I think you said November 1st. What is that? A couple of days. So I go, okay, from 12 months from now, I just need to figure out how to get there and what I have to do each week. So for me, let's say your goal is you want to save $10,000, then you know, okay, well, if my goal is to save $10,000 in a year, I need to somehow figure out how to put away 833 bucks a month. How can I do that? Well, if I pick up this extra side job, that'll pay me an extra 200 bucks a week. Okay, each month is about four to five weeks, so it's two, four, six, eight, ten. Okay, cool, I'm almost there. That's what I'm talking about. If you break it down and say, I only have to come up with, you know, $200 a week, or 800 bucks ish in a month, for a lot of people, doing it that way is much more attainable than just saying, well, how am I going to come up with $10,000 or $100,000 or a million dollars? The scale goes up the same, but the process doesn't change. Last one, we get a prize. There's got to be a prize, right? There's got to be something at the end of the tunnel. Eventually, you got to get the carrot. And we may not need that, but we always do a little bit better when we have a reward at the end for winning. And uh, we're not all wired the same. Uh, I know that. And a lot of people will celebrate, you know, the things they do. And sometimes the goal is the prize. And sometimes it's not. Um, it is and it isn't, right? And I always go back to the example, you know, hey, we paid off our house. I'm like, there wasn't a parade. Nobody gave a shit. Uh, nothing special happened. I drove home, dropped Heather off, and then I went to work. And just wash, rinse, repeat like I always have. It's the same thing. Like if your goal is, you know, to become a millionaire. Like, you know, you want your net worth to be over a million dollars when you add up all your, you know, assets versus your liabilities. And when that day happens for you guys or if you are already, you know, been there for years, there's no prize for that. There's no parade nobody calls you, nothing really changes. You don't walk around, you know, feeling like, you know, you have a trillion dollars just because you're a millionaire. It doesn't change anything in your life. It's just the amount of money you're worth on this planet. It's the same thing if you get abs. Oh, I'm, I'm trying to get abs. Like, I guess your goal is the prize. But when you get there and you have abs in the mirror, there's not a parade. Nobody celebrates. You just get up and go to work like you always did. Now, if you post on Instagram, maybe people will give you some likes and some comments and some people will send you some creepy, 
you know, dick pics and, and naked uh, videos doing obscene things. Uh, but uh, other than that, like there is no real prize. But I do think for a lot of people, if you can celebrate it somehow, um, that goes a long way. And you might not need it, but I think we always do a little bit better when there's something special we can do for ourselves. And so I use fitness as the example here. And I use, obviously, the financial examples because that's the two things that, you know, I've done a lot in my life. And I think those are two things that, honestly hold a lot of people back and make a lot of people's lives great. The ones who are physically fit and healthy and feel like they're, you know, financially secure in the world. And if you do something like that, where you pay off all your credit card debt or you invest a lot of money so you can retire early, I think if you set up some kind of thing, you're going to gift yourself like, Hey, once we pay off all our credit card debt, we'll save up and we'll pay cash for our trip to go to Italy. Cause we've always wanted to do that. Like that's a super cool thing. Or, hey, we're going to, you know, pay off our house. And when we do that, we're going to buy, you know, this vehicle because this will let us go into the mountains or to the beach or whatever your your thing is. Or we're going to buy ourselves a boat because we've always wanted to have a boat on the lake. And now we don't have, you know, a house payment so we can just buy a boat with cash and it's okay. Like things like that I do think are important uh, and they're fun. Or if you're the person, I'm going to get in the best shape of my life by the time I'm 40. I'm going to get abs. I'm going to be ripped. And then the prize is you set up like a professional photo shoot and then you have these pictures that are going to last forever. And then when you're old and super saggy and wrinkly, you can show your kids like, Hey, I'm not full of shit. I actually was in amazing shape for a long time. You guys just know me as this old, you know, wrinkly turd, whatever it is. I I do think there is something to be said about that. And if you're doing these goals and you're setting them, the one thing I'm a fan of is making public uh, declarations and, there's a lot of things I do I don't talk about. There's a lot of goals I go after. Um, some of them I achieve, some of them I fall short that I don't share publicly because it's just privately for me and there are things that I want to do. I do share them here with you guys if I do think they can help you and motivate you and help you live you know, a more motivated, you know, happy, fulfilled life. But when you make public declarations, and that doesn't mean like on a podcast to, you know, thousands and thousands of people or on your Instagram or YouTube or whatever it is. If it's just your family, maybe it's just your wife, maybe it's just your husband, maybe it's just your little circle. When you put it out there in the universe, uh, there is a level of accountability it holds you to. And that's why I do some of the things I do. Because if I say it, now I have to follow through. Because if it's only me that knows, which is fine, sometimes people can talk themselves out of the sacrifice. They can talk themselves out of the journey or out of the hustle to try to get where they want to go. But if you say it to people around you, periodically they might check in on you, see how far you are. That's motivating. There is a level of accountability there. Um, It's happened in my life a lot of times. And I think it will do the same thing if you guys throw out there as well. So real quick recap, the seven steps to get where you want to go. Number one, you guys need to set goals that stretch you but are also attainable. Number two, they got to be specific. Number three, they have to have deadlines. Number four, you actually really need to want the things you're going after. Those goals have to matter to you and not to everybody else. Number five, we need accountability. We all do better with it. Number six, you got to break it down. Number seven, if you get a prize at the end, even better. And I think it's cool to reward yourself if you really worked your face off. I'm a fan of that.
So again, these are all pretty simple, but it's a formula that's proven to be successful time and time again. And it'll do for you what it's done for me if you actually put the pieces into play and you put them into action. And like I said at the start of this episode, we all know what to do for the most part. But it's the application. It's the consistency of following through every single day. And the one thing I didn't mention that I do a lot is I write things down. I write them down and I put them somewhere where I can see them consistently as a reminder. It's why I do everything. It, it's why we, by the way, we just got a ton of new t-shirts here at Jeremy Scott Fitness. Like like thousands and thousands of dollars worth of t-shirts. I didn't realize that until they sent me the bill yesterday. And I looked at Monica and I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, how many shirts do we buy? And then I have like literally boxes full of all kinds of shirts. Uh, I'll throw some up on Instagram, but anyways, before I get uh, get lost here, uh, the reason I brought that up is because we put all these sayings on shirts, and sometimes they're just affirmations uh, to be a good person and to just live a, a more meaningful life, but that motivates me. It's a reminder to me. I, I wear it on my chest or I wear it on my back, and I see it, and people see it when we go places, and they make comments, and it's like, oh, yeah, okay. It's helpful. Goals are the exact same way for me. And a lot of people out there aren't willing to do that. I don't know why, but it's really easy to do. If you look around my office, like half of it is, you know, comical stuff and uh, nostalgic of my, you know, 90s uh, upbringing, if you will. But there's a lot of motivational things posted around here that mean a lot to me. Uh, and a lot of them, uh, they are a lot deeper than just like a movie quote. Like I'm looking up on the wall and if you guys have ever seen Into the Wild, it's a great story. Uh, Chris from McCandless has a saying, and it's happiness is only real when shared. And he obviously he ended up dying, you know, alone uh, in Alaska. He was stranded out there on the in the wilderness, not to spoiler alert uh, for you. But it's a true story of a man who gave up everything um, for this pursuit and just to live this kind of alternative life and to see, you know, what what life was really about for him and he ended up actually dying, but the phrase happiness only real when shared means a lot to me. And I think about that all the time, especially when I'm here in this life, because being an entrepreneur, uh, working for yourself, being your own boss, uh, you're on an Island, man. And it's a lonely place to be. It really is. And I'm okay with it. I love it. I wouldn't obviously trade it for the world, but it is lonely. And I stare at that cause it's right here up above uh, the entryway, um, of our office and I'm like, okay, as much stuff as I do, you know, for me and by myself and solo, none of this means anything if I can't share it with other people. And so I'm constantly reminded that I need to share it with my wife. I need to share it with my friends. I need to share it with my family. I need to share it with the people here. That's why we actually have a facility. And I'm not just in here in my, you know, private giant man cave warehouse uh, doing cool shit all the time. We need to serve other people. And then my happiness becomes their happiness. Their happiness becomes my happiness. That matters. That's why these phrases are around. When I set my goals, it's the same way. I don't post them in the office here for everybody who works here to see and obviously everybody who comes in here because they're my goals. But I post them at my house, right in a refrigerator. I get a big sheet of paper. I type it out. Boom. I stick it on there and I'm like, here's what we're going to do. Heather might not think it looks cute and it might not fit her, you know, kind of Chip and Joanne, you know farmhouse hallmark kind of theme but uh that's why i roll white piece of paper black ink scotch tape 
boom, and I write on it on pen. So as I go, by this date, I have to do this. By this date, I have to do this. And I keep looking at it, and it drives me. It's this, like, obsessive, compulsive, you know, John Wick serial killer mentality that keeps me going. I think if you guys do the same, it can help you. So put it in your cubicle. Put a post-it note in your car. Put it in your bathroom on the mirror. Put it on your refrigerator if your wife will allow you to or your husband if he's crazy too. Um, Because I do think that matters. It really does. Surrounding yourself with your written goals, with motivational quotes, with motivational people, being around people who are inspired, who are achieving things, who are doing similar things to you that you want to do that push you. I think that it can make all the difference in the world. It doesn't have to be your same arena. If you're somebody who's trying to lose a ton of weight, you don't have to just be surrounded by people who are losing a ton of weight. You can be inspired by a lot of different people doing a lot of different things. Like if you're someone who's trying to uh, further their education, you're trying to you know graduate college or get an advanced degree, you're trying to pay off debt, or you're trying to earn more money at your job, you can get motivated by fitness people. You really can. Like you can take what they're doing and you can apply it to your life. Like when you watch, like for me, like watching Michael Jordan work, like watching Kobe Bryant work, like hearing the stories of like Kobe, just this obsessive compulsive, my basketball days were done, you know, that was over. I go, but you can take that same, you know, Mamba mentality, if you will, and you can apply it to your fitness, you can apply it to your career, you can apply it to your education, you can apply it to your finances and to your relationship. You can go into every arena of your life with that same intense work ethic that no one else is going to try harder than you to make your dreams happen. And that's helped me along the way. I think I do the same thing for all of you. So that, my friends, is the seven steps to get where you want to go. Hopefully you guys found it helpful. That podcast literally just had to happen today because I messed up on getting Ashley scheduled. But I'll get her back in. What else do I got here on the docket? Uh, Might be back on Sunday. I do have... Dr. Stacy coming on on November the 11th, and a bunch of other stuff in between then. But reminder, you guys, our five-week face melter is kicking off here in like 15 days. If you want a podcast discount code, hit me up. It's the last program we're going to run of 2021. It'll be legit. Um, it'll push you guys. It'll help you eat better and train harder than you would between Thanksgiving and Christmas. I promise you that. You'll make way better food choices, way better drinking choices, and you will have a much better overall workout experience and be more physically active than you ever have been during that time of year, which goes a long way. So if you got questions, hit me up. The link is in my Instagram bio. All of our uh, sponsors to the podcast are going to be in the show notes, but hit me up if you want a sample of Athletic Greens or the Beam. And then again, I'll probably just jump in on Sunday, either with Heather or myself, depending on what we got going on and what is cooking. So I appreciate you guys. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate. I can't even talk sometimes. I appreciate you guys as always. If there's anything you need from me, obviously hit me up. Uh, I'm happy to share, answer questions, dive in as needed. If you happen to be on Apple Podcast, drop us a five-star, leave a comment. I truly would appreciate it. And that's it. So thank you guys for watching on YouTube. I appreciate you. And until next time, eat well, train hard, be nice to people, and please, you guys, keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you guys soon. Peace.